And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And guys, just so we don't have to talk about Chicago Typewriter for a hot minute, let's start out by saying I got a new microphone and I'm so excited. It's a very nice microphone. I My biggest concern here is that I know that my microphone is going to sound a, a less than all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a sound test, the one I sent to you, that was just a test between my old mic and my new mic, and it was, like, miles apart. It sounds so much better. But then I did the Skype test just now, and my mic was like, uh, we can't improve Skype's quality of sending your audio halfway across the world in milliseconds, so... It might not sound as much better as I want it to. I'm trying to tell if I can hear it in the call, but to me, like, I never remember hearing the the difference until I heard them side by side in the recording yeah. you sent me, and then I was like, whoa, that's Buckwild. That is a very good recording. I do. I want it to be really, really good, but I also don't want people to be like, I joined in on their latest episodes, and then I went back to the beginning and restarted their podcast, and now my ears are bleeding and I can't listen to any of it because Emily's microphone used to be so bad. <laughs> like, I want them to be similar. Yeah. I we'll just do the slow creep. The slow creep yeah. toward good podcasting. Yeah. So that you can listen to our old episodes, but prefer our new episodes. Yeah. I, uh... I'm starting to become very thankful for the quality of my microphone, because I don't know if you can hear it, but my dog is just crying, and that might just be in the background the whole time. I'm going to have to do a lot of, of little edits. He's mad because he's shut in the room with me today, <laughs> because for the past three weeks that we've recorded, he has taken the opportunity of me being distracted for one hour, and like messed shit up like he <laughs> ate both of my retainers my orthodontist gave me a retainer and a backup retainer he ate them both oh, and wow. he ate my roommate's stuffed animal the week before that and last week he bit my roommate just like <gasps> not even mean or aggressively like he was just bored hurting yeah uh, yeah don't so be a sheep dog yep he's uh He's in jail. Unfortunately, jail is right next to me. So thanks for hanging in there with this recording while he winds his way through one hour of... I mean, it's no different from what we're going to be doing when we talk about Chicago typewriters. So it will fit the theme very well. <laughs> um, Something else to talk about before we jump into the show is I read up a tiny, tiny bit on the Japanese occupation of Korea. Just... Because that seems to be a theme of the show. And I knew nothing about it. What a ride. Yeah, I knew a, a bit about it. I still haven't read up on it, like, in more detail. I did take a, a comparative Asians history class where we talked about it. And it 
was an intense time. Japan made some choices. And... <laughs> um, very interesting. Uh, not for the good of Korea choices. No, not really for the good of anyone. It was a different time. Yeah. We, we all have our historical problematic eras. Um, yeah. I think my husband, he uh, has a degree in history, and I think he would be very disappointed that to know that it took me 22 plus years to learn that North Korea started in the 50s. I didn't know. I just... <laughs> I could never have guessed that. <laughs> 1700s, 1400s. Way back in the day. It's been hundreds of years. It's been so long since North <laughs> Korea has been here. Guys, I don't know anything about history. It's so young. It's all so new. Guys, is there anyone else out there who didn't know things about recent history of the rest of the world? I mean, honestly, you could probably make something up and we'd be like, really? Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like the internet was doing. I was like, no way. No way. No, I no did know way. that North Korea started in the 50s, but um, I, I am, like, pretty... Smart. No, disconnected <laughs> from a lot of different histories. I feel like I just happen to know, like, a lot of Asian history and then, like, enough American history. But if you told me something about Europe, I'd be like, oh, that's crazy. I had no idea. That's fair. I think that's the part that surprised me, where it's like, we learned so much about American history, mm -hmm. even though it's super short. And then we learn a bit about European history, mostly in regards to the world wars. Right, like how they connected to American like, history. We can't teach you the rest, guys. It's just too long. And everyone in America just accepts that. Like, like, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, long history. There's a lot of kings. I won't read into it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I really don't care. Yeah, there's some, like, kids' rhymes that I think can catch you up. Like, there was, like, Mary Mary Quite Contrary. Whoa. Is that right? Is that even yeah, the right yeah. way the poem goes? How did your uh -huh. garden grow? That was uh, the one that killed all the maidens. Oh, I recently found out about Ring Around the Rosie. Ooh, so. that's a dark one to take in. Yeah, but I feel like most of these songs you just don't know are historical rhymes. You just pretend they're nice little children's songs. This has been History Hour with Emily and Raquel. Thank yeah, you for joining you us. Know. We didn't even really talk about history. We just talked about how we don't know about history. Yeah, this has been the history you don't know and you know, don't really take the time to learn about with Emily and Raquel. <laughs> Welcome. Um, let's jump into this show. I have very little to say. Yeah, I, uh... My notes, I, I was like, well, I'll just re rely on some good note-taking. And, like, God, it's like I don't even know myself. Um, it looks like I wrote almost every single episode. I told you that his dad didn't see Ryder you, And yeah. I know now that it's not his dad. 
that's who I, I'm going to call him dad for the rest of the podcast because I don't want to remember his name. I mean, when you're right, you're right. But yeah. Yeah. I'm so right. I was like, shit, she got this one. Okay, yeah. For once. Okay. For once, Emily was right. I'm glad that you were. I think it makes it a more interesting show that he didn't just become a person. Yeah. I like, because for a hot second, as like, okay, but there are other people that can see him, so I don't get it. And then immediately they address that she's the shaman's daughter and she can see ghosts. And I'm like, okay, well, you you took it back, you won, and uh, people can't see him. Now I get it. So, he's a real ghost. People can't see him, except for Ryder Han and the shaman's daughter, whose name I feel like they don't say very much. I've been looking out to write her best friend's name. I have no clue. I don't even know if they said it in the first episodes, because I feel like I would have written it down if I if they had. I don't pay super close attention to this show. But I feel like I've been searching out her name by this point. She's a character. Yeah. She's and my f- I just call her best friend. She's my favorite character. I feel like that's how everyone is in this. I also have not taken the time to write down their historical names. That one's going to come back to bite me. I feel like I have no clue what their names were in the past. I wrote them down, but I don't think I'll use them. I choose not to. I'll call them old-timey John Soul and old-timey Seju. That's pretty good, yeah. We'll stick it's easier. With that. Yeah. We already told you we're not good at names. Yeah, you don't can't g- give us more names. Yeah, don't don't double the name count per character. Yeah. Oh, okay. So these were very flashback heavy episodes and I quite enjoyed that. I prefer the flashbacks for sure. I'm very interested in what was happening before. That's also why I looked up two whole articles on the Japanese occupation, because I was like, this part of the show is a lot more interesting. And it was. Yeah, I um, I am made a little bit nervous by a couple of things that came up in the flashbacks. I guess I'm just going to jump around, because this really didn't come up until episode 8. But I'm a little bothered that both of these men that are in love with her met her when she was a child. Mm. Don't Always love that. creepy to us. Yep. I just think it's very strange because in my experience, it is problematic if you knew someone before that like they were a mature adult and you then can still feel like attracted or like you wait and like I don't know it's I think it's a problem I don't like it I don't feel okay about it to just be like I'll just sit on this one until it's legally okay because that's not okay it's not okay that's so funny I just um I feel very similarly but also I want to put it out there Jason's parents were that way. Jason's dad was 21 and his mom was 14 when they first met. I did not know that. Yeah. Kind of creepy, right? Yeah, don't love it. 
And they didn't really, like, date, date. They more just, like, hung out. Because, obviously, even in a few years ago, a few decades ago, it's still a little weird. Um, but, yeah. There's a real-life example. It happens. I don't know why that makes it better. <laughs> There's a lot of real-life examples, and they're usually not as innocent as that, which is where I get the creeps from it. I do not think that Jason's dad was grooming Jason's mom. Yeah, and I don't think that was the intent with this show. I think it's doubly weird that they work for the same independent organization and that she seems to be living with them. Yeah, so they so watched like, her grow up. Yeah, you raised her. You had influence on who she became, and that's really weird. Yeah. 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 I don't like. and yeah, he even says, like, this is gonna be my errand boy now, so... He's kind of her employer. The yeah. one, uh, oh, Ju. Writer, you. You. Eugene O. Eugene O, yeah. Um... Because, yeah, he was her employer when she was a child very recently after she lost her father. Employer and landlord and... uh, New dad. Eventually lover. I don't like that word, and they used it in the translation. They did, and it was tricky as well, because the way they used it was, she was our comrade and lover. And our lover. (laughs) Like, what? Is that... Your, is that Seiju's comrade and Ryder Yu's lover? That's the impression I got. But they used our... In, in uh, front of both. Like, not, like, fr- twice, but they just said our comrade. And lover. And lover. And you're no. like, was she in a tricky situation? So, polyamory is real cool when it's between three consent three or more consenting adults honestly like as long as everyone's an adult everyone consents everyone feels comfortable with that and everyone likes it that is a great situation uh it is not a great situation when a child loses their parents and then the two guys are like come rescue her Uh, and when she first moves in, he says, I'll tell the madam. And I'm like, who's, is he married? Yeah. Who's the madam? Also, in-laws were brought up. I'm having a hard time pinning down how I feel about their relationships, both in the past and in the present, because of the past. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And I just, like, I know that they don't want to, like, play all of their cards right now, but they are giving, they're presenting a lot of questions that kind of bother me. And it's like, I don't mm. want to sit and wait to understand, like, are you married? Because <laughs> infidelity sucks. Um, yeah. And, oh. Um, so, yeah, their relationship in the past is quite confusing. But it seems, I don't know, it seems to me like writer Yu, Eugene O, um, starts a relationship eventually with the adult, old-timey, 
Jonesol. That's the impression I get. And old-timey Seiju never starts a relationship with old-timey Jonesol. They're always just, like, bickering and kind of friends. And And definitely attracted to each other, which is always a a bummer. Yeah. Love triangles are a bummer. Love triangles are a bummer. Let's talk about their present-day relationship, because that is sometimes really amusing to me. And sometimes really frustrating to me. Yep. Mostly frustrating, I'd say. (laughs) Really? For me, it's mostly amusing. I'm trying to take, I don't know, a lighter tone. I was warming up to it um, in many instances. I would start to warm up to it and be like, oh, like, they actually do have pretty good chemistry when they, when it's just them, like, hanging out. Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is nice. Um, I don't... So another thing that I don't typically personally love, so this is like a personal thing, which I get that I can't really make that part of a review necessarily if it's not a legal problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's your uh, podcast. Go for it. Let's yeah, so it. it's our podcast. Yeah. Okay. So I don't love relationships that are based off of, oh, we fight, but we f- it's because we care type Mm. situations because I think that that can it can be played off as like amusing and fun or it can be really toxic I just imagine like myself in a situation like that where it's like I I feel like I'm always fighting about something and that's a that would be bad for me I don't know maybe some people really enjoy that but I think that that would be a bummer Mm-hmm. To, it's one thing to, yeah, like, have little fun, like, oh, my fa- all-time favorite Jason and M quote is, I'll kill us both, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It's but, a constant. Um, but yeah, like, you guys don't don't fight. It's just like a... Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah, it's like a silly thing that you do. So it, it can really go both ways. It can be funny and silly, or you can set up this relationship that's kind of a bummer because it always ends in someone walking away angry. Yeah, that's fair. That seems how most of their interactions end. I feel like where I'm at, kind of on your note, is it seems like Han Seju needs a relationship like that. He needs a relationship with a pushback because I feel like he pushes people away so strongly that he needs someone to push him back and say, I'm gonna stay by your side. Kind of that very classic K-drama. Like, we're fighting because I love you so much. (laughs) And he's like, no, get away from me. I need to be alone because nobody could ever love me. And someone's saying, I'm going to punch you into understanding that you're loved. But I don't feel like they've sold me on John's soul being the same way. I think she's like, I was also abandoned and have issues with abandonment. And so every time you push me away... I cry a lot, and it seems like it just hurts her. Yeah. Like, she's good for him, but he's not necessarily good for her. Exactly. Which is to say, another problem that I think we discussed before we started recording was that there's not too many men in her life that are good for her. Big Tim in being one of them. Yep. You want to root for him, but you can't. Tried really hard? Insane. 
But honestly, my first note, I guess I'm like in it for the explicit tag in this episode. I thought I had shaken that because my first note is, okay, so fuck Taemin because he is- He throws his cat. He throws his cat and breaks its leg. Can we take the cat away? Can yeah. we take his cat away? Once she gave him the dog, I was like, hmm, nope, back to zero stars. You brought the dog back and we thought we were doing well. And then you gave the animal abuser the dog. And that sucks. That felt real bad. I'm glad that immediately the dog was taken away. But they played that out for as long as they could. Like, we're going to give the dog to the animal abuser. Oh, no, we won't. But we're going to do it. What? Just do it. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Don't. That's Stop not, being like this. That is not where I want my drama to come from. Like, I'm already on edge about this whole situation. Because I honestly wasn't sure you were going to bring this dog back, and I would have had to give a straight-up zero stars. Mm-hmm. And then you brought him back, and you were like, but there's an animal abuser in the mix. And you're like, come on. Why can't... I don't know. I know that it's dramas, and I'm in it for the drama. But so many times, especially with the secondary male lead, I feel like he might be a third male lead at this point. Yeah. They're like, there's something deeply flawed about the second male lead. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be that bad. No. Um, you can just be like, she's not interested and it doesn't work out. And they're like, no, he's more like serial killer level broken <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> like, um, no, you could just say she doesn't like him and that's why they don't end up together. Like, we'll accept that. We're not gonna be, mm -hmm. I mean, you and I would probably be like, you know what would have been cool if she had, if she had ended up with the other guy. But, because um, <laughs> I did true. like Taemin best, pretty much out of everyone, yeah. up until he hurt a cat. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, he's on this spiral to be a real sociopath. Yeah, he is probably the scariest villain I've encountered in a while because he is, yeah, he's like kind of a sociopath, but I still have moments where I genuinely, it's, I like, don't misread what I say here. I'm done with him. He hurt a cat. But um, there are moments where they're really good at setting up why he is the way he is. Because his mom is a sociopath, like, his mom's super messed up, and then his dad isn't- he tried to be supportive in all of the wrong ways, and then when he realized mm -hmm. it was bad, he took all of his support away and pretty much just lets his son know he's a huge disappointment. So, they're really good at setting up why he is the way he is, and I genuinely feel bad about Taemin's situation. I wish- it was better, because I think he was dealt a pretty bad hand. It's like, the people who don't have parents were kind of better off for, I don't know, as far as this K-drama goes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Where you're like, I, I see how he ended up the way he is, and I think they're weaving an interesting tale with showing his backstory piece at a time. That one is one that I think they're playing out really well. Yeah. But yeah, um, so does he need to be a crazy person? I don't know, but he is. Yeah. I feel like we don't need two bad guys necessarily. Like, his mom is enough of a villain that I would be fine if they had Taemin, like, 
have a good old come to Jesus moment where he realized that he can't hurt cats. Maybe he should go to jail for a minute. I wouldn't mind. I do not. I do not fuck with animal abuse. I'm not having it. Um, yeah. Is there no tolerance zone? Yeah, no tolerance. Zero tolerance for your for this. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him kind of have a comeback and be more like his dad, where he just like kind of sucks because he did some bad stuff, but he also knows that it's bad and he's trying to be better type. Mm-hmm. Give your cat away. Start a new life. Maybe is not a writer. Yeah, it sounds like. That's the biggest thing, is that he needs to quit writing, and that's really sad, but I don't really care, because apparently you're supposed to hate him, and I do, so congrats. Yep. Probably I wouldn't. They have to make him an animal abuser for me to hate him, otherwise I would have just been bummed about a situation, yeah. and they, like, there was a solidly creepy moment. Um, just as I was warming up to this K-drama, they decided to end, I believe it was episode seven with three men who all decided they owned a woman and that sucked yeah it's that thing where like your heart skips a beat when you're like oh she she's saved from this kind of scary situation with her abusive boss and then you find out the reasoning and Siju's like well I kind of like her and that's kind of romantic but also like please stop grabbing people by the wrist that's not a way to express your love but also even if i don't like her there's the ghost who really likes her and he's controlling my actions right now and what guys what what first of all i can't understand all of this yeah tayman is out of line by like how many times did you tell her this is why i wanted to take you home and i was like but what's the real reason Tell us again, because he, like, she walks out and it's raining, and he's like, this is the reason I wanted to take you home. And then she finds her umbrella, and she's like, I'm cool, I'm cool. Uh, and she she puts it up and walks a little ways, and a bike almost hits her, like a motorcycle or a car or something, I don't know. Um, but he, like, swings her out of the way, and he's like, this is why I wanted to take you home. And he just kept saying it over and over. Super creepy. Um, and also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then, yeah, she's trying to get out of that hold. And then, yeah, like you said, there's that whole scene. And straight up, uh, the ghost, Mr. You, Ghost You, he's like, I want you to make sure she, that no other guys can be near her. I don't want anyone else to date her. Hey, hey guys, hey in this K-drama, hey all men in this K-drama, listen up. Hey, you don't own a woman just because you think you love her. And then we end the podcast. Yeah. That's over. why we don't like Chicago Typewriter. Yep. Cause yeah, I think that's that why was we're supposed to be problems with it. A big moment. And then yeah, I think uh Seiju is even he tells Ghost You, like, that's childish. That's not okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. That's childish. But he still does it. Like he still goes and is and decides to tell her, I'm taking you home now. Can we just let her go home? Can someone just let her go home? This is why she gets a cold, because y'all are pulling her around in the rain. Like, if you want to help, call her a cab. Yeah. I think the biggest problem, like, obviously they're playing Taemin to be a creep, but she says, 
I'm going home alone. And he says, no, you're not. Like, Han Seju does it for a creepy reason. Obviously, I don't like Taemin's reason. He's creeping, and she's already said no. I don't like Ryder Yu's reason, because he's creeping, and she doesn't even know. <laughs> but at least Han Seju has, like, 2% investment in, like, I actually like her, and she kind of likes me. Right. But I I think he gets her down the street, and then she's like, okay, I'm walking home on my own, and then she does, and I'm like, I approve of that. Yeah. I approve that he lets her go. How it needed to go, for sure. I mean, it happens because he says some pretty insensitive stuff, but... But that's his character, I guess. That's what we're going for with this likable male lead. Yeah. He's constantly going to say the wrong thing. That's fun. How romantic. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with the love in this world. Yeah. I'm I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with, like, yeah, I think it would be one thing if I felt like the writing wasn't good. Because actually the writing is good. I just, like... Either I don't care or I care because it's problem like something is problematic. I feel like that's the word of the day here on Play on Camp. I'm just gonna keep saying it. <laughs> this show is problematic. Yeah. Cause it is. I'm sorry. sorry. It is. If it was just Han Seju and John Sol and they were figuring out their stupid dramatic intertwined relationship, I think it would be a much easier show to watch. Right. Because then I think They'd be developing more quickly as characters. It's a pretty slow development. It's so slow. And it's because every 10 minutes they have this giant hiccup that's caused because of Han Seju talking about something that he's not supposed to talk about. Saying something wrong. Saying something either about the past or about the ghost or talking to the ghost. And it's like, just... We don't need the ghost to also be in love with her and be controlling of her and be so sad and unaware that she's alive and he's dead. Like, it's a little heartbreaking, but mostly just frustrating. The whole concept of character you, I mean, is very heartbreaking and very frustrating. And then to throw Seju trying to develop a relationship with John Sol in the mix is like, I don't even know who to root for. Mm-mm. No one. I want everyone to end up alone, except I think that the best friend just deserves some happiness in her life. With non-ghost people. Yeah, because, I mean, that is only going to make her sad in the end. Yeah. That's only going to make anyone sad. Get out of here, Ryder You Stop trying to find love in this world. Like, it's over, Ryder You. I'm sorry. I actually don't think that Seiju was so far off by telling him to figure, like, get enlightened, figure out how to pass on. That seems mm-hmm. a little bit more realistic than, hey, find someone for me to possess. Someone that my girlfriend will be attracted to. Ew. Yeah. Yucko. You can't, you can't, uh, no. That's problematic. You don't get to just take other people's bodies. Come on. Uh, Y'all. Y'all. I don't know, man. I hope that we're not just being sensitive to everything, but I just, like, I do feel like 
every couple minutes something raises my my it dings my alert for like oh I don't feel okay about what's happening. Mm-hmm. What else? Like you said, the writing super good. I think the acting is also very good. Especially there's I feel like there's really subtle differences between when they play their old timey characters and when they play their modern day characters that set them apart a lot. Yeah. Which I can appreciate because they have had different life experiences, but they are reincarnated as, like, so it is them reincarnated, but it's just their different life experiences that have made them into different people. And yeah, I really, really like how they're portraying these characters. I do. I, mm -hmm. I don't want people to misunderstand my complaints. These actors are super talented. Yeah, and I feel like, especially writer you, where I'm like, oh, he frustrates me so much, and I think it's because I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. He seems like just a super nice guy, besides the uh, grooming a baby bride. But <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put that on the back burner for a minute and say that he housed a a new orphan that he was like, I'll help you out because your dad was a good guy. That's a nice thing to do. And he bought his best friend a typewriter because he was like, I know you want to be a writer and your parents abandoned you. And then he stays in a typewriter for 80 years just to, just to see the love of his life one last time and find out how he died. All of this makes him seem like a good guy. I feel like he's going to end up being a villain somehow because they have to ruin this for me. But it's so sweet and sad to watch him push Han Seju and John Sol together and be like, you basically act as me and be her protector and be her boyfriend because I know that she won't ever fall in love with you. She'll just know it's me in her heart. Oh. <laughs> like, that was really sad. Sad boy. Oh, what a bummer. What a bummer. Like, you... Your sweet little baby face and your sweet little baby dreams make me really like you and be concerned about you. And that's different. That's different from how I feel about Seiju. Yeah. Yeah, I... Because I actually think that as time went on and they presented more about Seiju, I felt for him a little bit more. But I still... I've never really been super sympathetic to the I don't let people close because they'll always betray me frame of mind. And, like, he got super mega betrayed. Like, he got way betrayed. Um, but, yeah, I don't, like, I feel I feel for him as time goes on a little bit more, but I really feel for Ryder Yu. Like, I, I feel like he ended up getting dealt a pretty bad hand as well, looking back on it, and his... 80 years spent as a typewriter. Yeah, I want to know. I'm just so curious, which I think is a really well played out part of the show where I'm really curious to see who she kills, see how they all died. And I think that's how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to be hooked on that. And that's cool. They did that well. They're getting us They're slowly, more slowly than any other K-drama because usually by episode eight, I'm like, 
I can't believe all of this is happening. I cannot wait to find out what is happening. Whereas I do feel sorry, everyone who loves this show. I feel like I could walk away right now. I feel yeah. like I could stop. I could never watch this show again. Yeah. And I wouldn't be curious. I wouldn't be like, you know what I miss? Chicago typewriter. Mm-hmm. I might watch episode 16 just to be like, do they tell me the end? I want to know. Then I have one more hour to dedicate instead of eight. That's usually how I do it. But, um, yeah, I could also never finish it, and that would be fine, too. <sighs> so far, maybe maybe by episode, like, 12, that'll be it. Maybe I'll be like, hey, you've got me. Tell me. Tell me everything. I'm here for the rest of it. Every step of the way, I'm sorry I doubted you. I like to believe that will be the case, because I don't, I don't love not getting to, like, enthuse about a K-drama on our podcast. I'm very used yeah. to being like, you know what's awesome? Everything about this show. <laughs> and I think, um, I don't know if we've already said this, but I think the relationship between Han Seju and John Sol could be really interesting. And I think I would like it more if Ryder Yu wasn't part of it, but he is, and that makes it a little more heartbreaking, and I think that's making it move a lot more slowly than I want it to. But I'm still trying to be in it for the romance, because I always am. Yeah, I'm still stuck on, like, yeah, not really being into the main romance, because... Uh, so many reasons. We talked about it last week, where I he he's a brother. <laughs> I want him True to be self. happy. I want him to have his love, but I don't need to watch it. <laughs> um, Raquel, I want it so bad. <laughs> I want more than a backpack. I'm freaking ready. I actually really liked how they ended episode 8 um, with that hug. Uh, I think that it was good in the sense that she was clearly upset, and he for once reacted properly, where I don't think she needed, like, someone to be like, hey, don't cry. I don't think she needed someone to, like, pry into why she was crying, and I don't think she needed, um... Someone like, to leave her alone. Right. And And I really don't think she needed him to, like, push things. I don't know. I guess... Like, romantically? Like, oh. She's yeah. She just it wasn't needed... really a romantic hug. Yeah, it was a very friendly, like, she needed a friend to hold her. And he was a good friend who was there at the time. And he was properly comforting. If I was that upset and crying and with a friend, that's how I'd want to be hugged. Not a big hugger, but, like, in that situation, Yeah. I'd need that. I'd need that little back pat. That's fair. But they're not going to go further in the next four episodes. That's going to be the climax of the show <laughs> until Ryder Yu is out of the show. Because that's the thing, right? He's always there. He was there He's for that little there. back pat, and it was pretty creepy. Yeah. It was the start of his... Being like, oh, maybe she could fall in love with Han Seju someday because he has real human arms to hug her with. <laughs> that makes sense. That's reasonable to think. Yeah, that's a pretty good logical thought. But it makes you sad where you're like, oh, did he spend his years? Like, obviously, he spent his years in the typewriter 
also wanting to figure out how he died. But it was a little bit because he lost his love. It was at least 5% that. Yeah. Like 5% so like, like, I got... I miss my... I miss my... The one I love. Yeah. And then he found her again, and... Then she's got to fall in love with someone else. Yeah. Your, your best friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I did want to talk about one other thing. Just really quick. It was, like, my favorite part of the entire thing. <gasps> Yay. Do you know which one, what, what part it was? No. The friendship moment where uh, Jun Sol is talking to her friend about how grateful she is to have been taken in. And then her friend starts crying and Jun Sol's like, what? And her friend's like, I was just so grateful to have someone who wasn't afraid of me being a shaman's daughter and just like went to bat for me. And then they're both crying, and it's super beautiful. That was a beautiful moment. Oh, good friendship. I love friendship. It's my favorite thing. It's our favorite type of ship. Yes. Cute. That scene came pretty quickly after we find out how uh, President Gall and Hansi Ju met as well, oh. which was actually also pretty cute it was good and the way they're they were fighting over like what kind of day it was was yeah that's good and just them being like we've got a relationship now but it really is like one of the most honest relationships that he has and one of the ones that he trusts the most because it's not based on their feelings toward each other they're like this relationship is based on money, and that's why I've liked you for all these years. Like, I, I oh. know where your loyalties lie and that they will not change. Yeah. I'm the money maker. You're the money bringer. And that's why we're best friends. And I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cute because that's what you both needed, especially Han Seju, who's like, I can't trust anybody who says they like me for me. And President Gall's like, oh, I don't. I don't like you for you. I don't. I have no real opinion on your character as long as you bring in the good, good cash. And that's that's pretty neat. (laughs) It was cute in a different way. Oh, those were cute moments. Dang. So as long as they keep feeding me friendship, I guess I'll keep watching. Friendship between who, though? We've gone through all of our relationships so far. Who else is there to explain and bring me joy in this show? Just kidding. We super love Chicago Typewriter. It's awesome. I love it's it. It's just super well done. And I think I don't regret not watching it until now, which is something to be happy about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I thought I'd be like, man... I'm just mad at myself because I started it so many times and it starts off rough, but then it gets good so fast that I should have just kept going. And nope, by episode eight, still not into it. So I don't regret not starting it until now. Yeah, it's the slowest burn. I'm glad we're doing it for the podcast because I do think I would have walked away otherwise. Mm -hmm. And by the end, hopefully we're like, gosh, what a good show. What? An experience. Thank goodness we watched this. Hopefully. Hopefully. 
It's super highly rated, guys. Yeah. We're trusting you. We trust you. Send us your favorite spoilers. I mean, honestly, I'm behind (laughs) in our posting schedule, so we'd probably get the spoilers around the time we watched them anyway. Oh, that's a good point. I'd like to thank the people who listen to the show for hanging in there with me. And thank you, Emily, for hanging in there with me while I've had a month of unemployment. (gasps) You're welcome. I'll always be here for you when you're unemployed. Thank you. I'm constantly unemployed, so. You'd think that unemployment would make it so I had all this time to podcast, but really it just makes me guilty when I podcast. Like, shouldn't you be sending in your resume? Calling someone, making sure they got your resume? Yep. Yep. No, it's cool. Uh, But yeah, that's why I'm super behind, and so thanks, listeners that are still with us for hanging in there. This message won't even make it to you for a couple of weeks. That's how (laughs) far behind I am in my posting schedule. But I, like, if you're still with us, you're honestly the best. Like, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for hanging in there. We love you. And if you love Chicago typewriter, let us know why. Honestly. Yeah. Anything. Tell us your favorite character. Tell us it gets better. Tell us we're dumb and it was always good. Honestly, like, (laughs) Let's just have a conversation. Get us excited yeah. about Chicago Typewriter if you love it. Or if you don't love it and you just want to commiserate with us, here for it. Let me know. Yeah. Put your negative comments straight on the website, planpay.com, <laughs> and then send your You Guys Are Dumb and This Show Is Amazing to plankpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> so that you don't have to publicly tell us that we're wrong. Thank you. Just baby. <laughs> put your thoughts anywhere. Yep. Think your thoughts wherever you want to think them. But do them with us at Play on K. Or, uh, yeah, we've got our the email that you'll be sending all of those good, good combos to is, um, what is it? Play on K podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, we've got a website, which is playonk.com, where you can comment directly on the episodes or subscribe to our newsletter to get updated when we start a new drama. We have a Twitter. We have had people tweet at us. It's the most exciting thing. If you would like to tweet at us, feel free. Anytime. Our handle is at PlayOnK. And we are on iTunes. We're under podcasts PlayOnK, where you can rate and subscribe and let us know how you feel about the podcast in general. And I think... Oh, How do I always try and skip my favorite part where we thank James Paul Hevel for all of his good work? Yay, we love our theme song. Yes. Um, Okay, we'll see you next week with four more episodes of Chicago Typewriter. It's going to get so, so good. We're going to do it. We're going to watch it. We're going to love it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.